<laughs> what is going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Behind the Barbell. And today I'm joined by two very, very special guests and I guess good friends of mine as well. One of them's a little bit dodgy, but yes. And that is Mr. Ed and Yo. Mr. Dan. Hello. So Dan's rather nervous today. He's looking rather sheepish in the corner, bless him. Bless him. But no, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. So Dan, Ed, who yes. are you boys? After you, Ed. Do you want me to go? Yes. Um, so my name's Ed. Uh, I've been training at Strength Base since it opened. Um, powerlifter, competing in the ABPU, recently moved over to the GBPF or British Powerlifting. Um, only really been competing for a couple of years. Uh, it's not been something I've been doing for very long. So yeah, just working on trying to get better, get strong. Just having fun, really. So, yeah, it's all good. Dan is... Dan's a wannabe powerlifter. I know that. <laughs> Same as Ed, really. Oh. Um, been training at Strength Base since it opened, before we used to train at QMC together. Yeah. Um, we're both ABPU. I competed in the AWPC World Championships last year um, in won. Florida. And won it. Uh, won. Did you win? Yes, yes. I didn't yes. know you won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Won, I won the 90 kilo class. Were you the only one? No, 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 I wasn't. <laughs> but thanks anyway, Ash. Um, and I'm still under 90 to this day, as you all know. No, he's not. I didn't know you won it. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that was out in Florida with Will. Will was in yeah, the hundreds, yeah, yeah. I was in the 90s, obviously. Um, yeah, you got um, you got quite you got you got a good deal with that because your company paid for you to go, didn't they? Yeah, 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 Shut they did. Up. Yeah, really? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, CGI paid for me to go. Shout out so, to CGI. Yeah, IT company. I remember you because you said to me you were like I'm going to ask them to see if they'll send me out there and then next thing I know I got a WhatsApp message like they're paying for me to go out there I was like I can't believe Mate, your company yeah, yeah. yeah it's proper good I it? qualified at Body Power last year yeah. um, and then I just told them about it and they were well up for me going sponsoring me uh, they had their name printed on the singlet Oh yeah, and I paid for all the travel, accommodation, all my food, taxis, all that expenses. Amazing. Yeah, very oh. nice. Girlfriend yeah. came out as well. Yeah, they paid for her flights as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. Shit. They, they said they didn't want to. I've never heard a company do that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Amazing. They're, they're really behind it all, so it's it's really nice. That is awesome. From that point of view. Random one. Where did you boys meet? QMC. <sighs> oh. Yeah, it was QMC. Yeah, it was it was QMC in the shed in the in the dungeon. Yeah, way back when, way way back when. But yeah, it was back when we started training, wasn't it? Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Like so probably two, three years two, ago. Two, three years when, ago. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, I've always wondered that because obviously you boys are fairly tight, and then uh, yeah, it's mm. cool to have you over. Yeah, well, we've there was a, a squad of us. We had um, Dan and I, and then there was Joe and Callum as well. Um, they're both PTs. Um, they used to work at well, Callum used to work at. QMC yeah still Joe does. didn't does he yeah Joe didn't but yeah we, we always to train together compete together um, just have a laugh together really. yeah it was mm. that was all it was it just started out with just having a laugh with your mates yeah and then you start getting a bit stronger and you start thinking oh, actually you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna start competing start getting better and just having a laugh really yeah, and then yeah. this space opened we came down because obviously we knew Will yeah um, and things just went from there really didn't it that's yeah. awesome why, why are the boys not here why, Who, why, Joe and Callum okay, yeah. both working today Oh, all right. So, but they're coming down on the twenty eighth. Yeah. So shout, shout out Hunter and uh, Joe Fivo. Oh God, you know so, they love the shout. So. Out, so. Oh, Callum, no, two hundred with straps, beltless, and then drops it. Loves life. <laughs> shout out to Joe Fivo, winning charity comps. Yes. naturally. Yes. But twenty uh, eighth would be a really good day, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no really, really good. Um, yeah, I've got a few of my mates coming down as well. Yeah, so we'll, we'll try and get a few people together. Be um, really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. We're gonna get some um, like vendors down as well I'd yeah. Yeah, yeah, some yeah, giveaways and whatnot. So good, yeah. uh, we're trying to get actually a biltong company that are local to here that'd be cool um, we ordered actually we didn't uh, Dre bought us like a kilo worth of biltong on uh, Thursday I think it was oh, really? within a day and a half we went through about 900 grams of biltong I'm not surprised the stuff's gorgeous it's literally just behind you now that's how much we got left it's <laughs> just, just disgusting <laughs> if it wasn't so um, expensive I, I'd eat more but yeah. it's just it's just too expensive it's to such a snack. clean snack it is great isn't it um, but no it's um, what, what's also interesting I only found this out about you the other day that you were a decent golfer yes I thought you I thought you were going to say he's natural Oh, he's natural. Look at him. ABPU. Yeah, ABPU. European athlete. Anyone, never anyone never been drug tested. Anyone who competes in the ABPU is natural, don't you know that? <sighs> yeah, I didn't get asked to move to the BPU. We'll save that for later, shall we? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I was a professional golfer. Did that for five years. Um, so that's kind of my initial entry into sport was uh, was golf. Um, I worked out of a golf club in Ascot called Swinley Forest. Okay. Um, that's, where, that's where I was affiliated. Um, I played on the TP Tour. I did that for a bit, uh, which was good fun. 
So I got to play in some decent competitions and yeah, it was a good laugh. Um, I had to come out of it because of injury, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, so I, I had to come out of uh, playing professional golf because of my wrist. Uh, I ended up breaking a wrist and I had to have bolts put in there and had all kinds of complications and taking, you know, a year out to not play golf or not, not carry on. You know, training really hit, kind of hits you hard. But mm. um, I went into coaching for a bit and then, yeah, the thing is I wanted to be a player. I yeah. didn't want to be a coach. And yeah. I've, I, I did the PGA degree and, and did all that kind of stuff. But eventually I was just like, you know, not enjoying it. So I just moved on mm. and then kind of fell into powerlifting and that kind of scratches that competitive itch. Yeah, yeah. Um, allows me to compete in something that, you know, I can get better at. I'm not worried about being, you know, world champion or the best. I'll leave that to Dan. But... <laughs> yeah, golf. Golf is uh, golf is still my love. I still play it, um, not as much as I probably should do. But I know exactly what you mean by that mm. itch because I played. It, it was professional rugby for a good few years and lost it because I fractured my spine. Yeah, oh, really. And okay. uh, that competitive itch never goes away, does it? No, it never doesn't. Goes away. And it then doesn't. I still want, I want to compete in powerlifting. Really want to compete in powerlifting, but can't. As you guys know. So. Well, you could do push-pull. I could do push-pull. Or but, bench only. But bench is boring. That's the problem. Yeah, just do just do push-pull and then just bench the bar. Yeah, I could do, yeah. Like, just have a laugh. That's yeah, what we yeah, do. Yeah, like, if, if you just have fun. Like, most of the comps we've been, especially ABPU, because mm, they're all life. about the fun. They're, they're really, really good. I mean, British powerlifting is great as well. Yeah. Um, and we've met some decent guys from it as well. Yeah. Oh, everyone's... I mean, sand squats. Yeah, they've all been really supportive. They've all been really nice guys. No, we've, we've got some good... We good got, friends down in Pembroke. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. As Will, Will Lewis knows as well. <laughs> but yeah, no, they're all, they're all good guys. Mm. Um, it's yeah, it's a good laugh. So here's a question for you. Mm. So obviously, APPU is Tested Federation. Mm -hmm. There's a few Tested Federations, aren't there, in yeah. the UK? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now we all know, and listeners will probably know about fake naturals in these federations. So. We're going straight in. We're going straight in, Dan. Straight in. We're going in hard. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's okay, fine. Let's go. It's a really interesting topic, especially with the rise of the likes of Psalms. Yes. Um, yeah. And it's definitely a topic that I think is quite interesting to talk about mm. because obviously mm. you do get trophy hunters in certain federations. Of course, yeah. They will, As we know. Yeah, they'll go on cycle, come off cycle and comp um, and then get tested in their clean. Especially with things like test suspension. Yeah. So yeah. it goes out your system within two days. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, even yeah, low dose psalms doesn't even get caught. In fact, it wasn't actually that long ago that in ABPU, even in ABPU, it was psalms. Psalms were fine. Was, was oh, really? Wasn't it yeah. June? Yeah, it, we, so we, we June, all had an email about it. Yeah, in June it got banned, so we all had an email about it. Surprising, it's not sooner. Yeah, no, no, it was only June last year. Because yeah. it's um, obviously we've been doing a lot of research about psalms recently and whatnot, yeah. and uh, you know they're actually releasing a new one soon that supposedly just as strong as test but doesn't have the, as much suppression as test creates oh my god and you know it's getting to the point now where you might as well just go on gear <laughs> like it's yeah. just yeah no I know I know I think the I think the problem is is that with, with anything you should because I, I follow like Mark Bell quite a lot Stan Efferding mm. those kinds of guys and um, they all have their blood work done. They all go to doctors. They all do it. Same as Terry Holland, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're all doing it under the supervision of medical professionals. And yeah. I think that's the key is that you, you know, I, I'm a natural athlete. I've not touched anything like that and I, I don't plan to. But if I was going to, you would want to do it mm. under the supervision of a medical professional because yeah. you, you, A, you don't know what you're getting, where you're getting it from. Mm how much to take you yeah, know, the like, dosage yeah like it's all hearsay from people that have done it before but it all depends on your body guesses, type yeah, yeah your metabolism like there's so many factors that you have how to consider how much your body can handle yeah, yeah exactly exactly this it leads on to because like Matt Rob and I had a really like interesting conversation on a podcast unfortunately we had to delete it because it went like way way too dark very quickly <laughs> as in most of our conversations do but yeah do you think there is a calling? Because obviously there's an abundance of people that take performance and arts and drugs and then compete in natural federations. Do you think that there should just be just untested across the board? Kind of like strongman. Yeah. There is natural... There, no, there, there, there are natural, tested yeah. strongman feds. Yeah, but the ultimate... Not ultimate world's strongest man. Like world's strongest man. Yeah, the highest tested. level of, of competitive sort of integrity yeah. in mm. in strongman is is just do what you like isn't yeah. it but in in powerlifting i mean people will argue the point but you could say ipf is the highest level mm. in powerlifting heavily tested so they say mm. but yeah i mean it 
I've heard, funnily enough, it was Frankie Boyle, the comedian, spoke about this, and they were talking about back when London 2012 Olympics was on, and I was watching some show on channel, uh, BBC Two about it, and he just said, he was like, why do people care if people are taking stuff? Like, we want to see people at the highest level just doing ridiculous things, mm. you know, like running a sub eight, nine second 100 meter or benching 800 pounds or, you know, squatting mm. 500 kilos. Like, we all want to see that stuff, so yeah. why not? Why yeah. not just let people do what they want to do? But I think just, just open it up and just yeah, and just be like, and then there'll be no worries. Just get on with it. But then, you know. I but then it's unfair to the people who don't want to take yeah, it. So like yeah. myself and you, exactly. Like mm. if you are going to stay as a natural athlete and you've got the guys just competing untested, you're never going to keep up with them because they're always going to be doing the ridiculous stuff that you're yeah. never going to be able to catch naturally. And I think just to add on to that, I think we've both competed against unnatural athletes before we have yeah definitely yeah and we that's have. been quite quite the experience hasn't it yeah well people that you see that go you, you see them in qualifiers you know maybe squatting a ropey 200 and then coming into like the Europeans a few weeks later and they're like smashing 240 for like an opener and you're like hmm mm. Either okay. you were sandbagging or there's something mm, going on there. Yeah, yeah, it's like, hmm, were you though? Mm. What's going on there? So. But it's interesting because have you guys ever heard of Americanization? Americanization. No. So I first learned about this in my A-levels, actually, and it's all about, you know, in America, you've got, like, college or high school American football teams, and they're being yeah. watched by, like, tens of thousands of people. Yeah. So in America, it's all about adverts and drumming up more and wanting more. And this is what's leading on to the point in regards to, like, the Olympics. We want that sub-nine second hundred meter. Like, the, the consumer wants it. Exactly. And it's actually kind of forcing athletes' hands because, you know... What is the natural capabilities of the human body? Essentially, we don't actually know because, like, Ed Hall, prime example, he said he's going to deadlift 500 kilo. People said, no, you're going to die if you do it. He did it. And then that matey boy the other day or the other week who run the marathon in a ridiculous time. Was that, I can't, what, what time was that? Oh, was that the, um, yeah, oh, what marathon guy. was that? He done yeah, no, I know exactly yeah. what you're on about. I can't think what time it was now. It was a crazy time, wasn't it? It yeah, was like four hours or something. No, it was, it was less than that, wasn't it? Yeah, sub two hours. I don't know. Yeah. I'm obviously, yeah. no, no, no. Was it sub two hours? I think it was sub two hours because I actually think I remember seeing that because I've done half marathons before and I remember thinking that he's run a marathon quicker than I can run a half marathon. Yeah, like, it may have been something like that. It's, so, it, and how citation how, needed. How much were you, were you weighing when you ran that half marathon? Oh, because <laughs> that was back in the eighty kilo days. So, eight, so you've put on forty kilos since then. Forty kilos. That's not all. <laughs> and is there any plan to go up? Dan, I've run out of weight classes, let's put it that way. <laughs> I've still got a fair few to use up. I'm still under 90. You are not under 90. I am under 90. How much do you weigh? 89.9. Shut up. That is, the, that I, is our catchphrase. Well. You are not under 90 because he keeps There's playing. No it. way you are under 90. I am under 90. When you, you see, when you see me in my, in my next comp, <laughs> I'll be under 90 guaranteed. Do you know what I, do? I don't think he's got much muscle mass really, is he? It's because he doesn't train hard enough. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, going back, going no, back to it. No, it's, it's, it's just interesting because, like, we want more. And obviously, it's yeah. kind of forcing the athletes, not forcing them, Pushing them. but yeah. Pushing and I, them. I know from past experience, obviously, I can't say too much about it, but joined a certain academy. And within the first week, you're handed a piece of paper that's folded. And they will say to you, Oh, I'm, uh, I'm not telling you to take these things but uh, it's going to really help you yeah and you know that was at the age of 17 hmm. um, it's also it's, like sponsors do they have a hand in it SPD people yeah. like that did, you know SPD just randomly not drug test certain people well can you imagine Ray Williams hit the 500 squat raw mm. in all his SPD gear oh huge like yeah. the, it would be everywhere what's so going on with him at the moment he's I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting one as well, isn't it? Like, at that level. Maybe this isn't the one for the podcast. No, more than, more than happy to talk about because I find it intriguing because he went, like, he blew up, didn't he? He, he blew So he, up. he hit 480, didn't he? Or just over 480? Oh, yeah, it was just over sleeves, 480. And, and that he, moved well. Yeah, it, it, yeah. But it, it moved. If he had a fourth attempt. Mm. Yeah, I think he was, he was getting close to a 500 squat. Very, no very close. Raw, no doubt. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, rumours rumors had it that he got ill, didn't he? He had... Dan. <laughs> that was a very annoying noise. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but yeah, he, he was getting close to 500 and then he had a comp and he was ill. He had food poisoning or something and then he ended up losing a load of weight. Yeah, he lost 20 kilos. So he, about he 10% barely... of his body weight. <laughs> yeah. He lost... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and he ended up, what, bombing out at 420? Yeah. 
to 424 I'm sure that would have been like final warm up for him he had three attempts on on that weight just didn't get it it's crazy and that was also the same comp that was it Juggernaut got Got called out yeah well he he um, put up a post because he he said that he got called out Great White North Juggernaut I think his name is I don't know his actual name got drug tested found what was it they found in there they found something in one of his protein shakes supposedly that his coach has just been giving him Oh yeah, those so, protein shakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like them. Again, that's shakes. again that that's another factor. Is are there coach like genuinely? Because he said that he had no idea what he was taking. That are there coaches out there mm. that are trying so hard to be the coach of the five hundred kilo squatter, the coach of the you know whatever five hundred kilo deadlifter that they're actually they are genuinely slipping stuff in their athletes' drinks and food. Do, do you know what to actually, make them stronger? This is bizarre because I actually had a conversation with one of my clients last night about how there's like a huge abundance of PTs and coaches that are just social media based. 100%. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. So they, they get their athletes to be pulling weights or squatting weights that their athletes should not be doing because they're just not ready for it. But you it know? just looks good on them on the exactly. old social media, on the old Instagram. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. Like, it, it's it's scary and like, I, I do agree with you. Like, that even, uh, have you seen Icarus? Yes, no, yes, I saw it, Chris. That was a really good film. Yeah, like even yeah. that, you're just like Jesus Christ. How how like far does this rabbit hole go? Oh yeah. Um, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if there are coaches out there that do give them a little bit of special sauce. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but also, you do have to question the athlete themselves because surely if yeah. your coach is just handing you a protein yeah. shake and you're what, just what's in this I don't yeah I'll, I'll be questioning it I mean luckily myself and Ed haven't had that experience yeah, we've no, got we, a very good coach yeah no we don't have that but so yeah I think it's yeah Dan, it comes yeah, Dan just takes it voluntarily doesn't he yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does yeah he's, yeah. he's just quite happy <laughs> Comes to the gym, goes to the toilet for 20 minutes, come back stronger. I do wonder that, actually. He goes off for a long time, doesn't he? Yeah. It's because he keeps blocking the toilet. But have you not noticed who I go off with as well? Rob. It's either Ed or Will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of them always comes with me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Fair enough. Um, but, yeah, the... Um, uh, what was I going to say about the uh, programming as well? Mm. So, with... Um, you were saying about being social media kind of pushing that forward a lot is I think a lot of coaches who prescribe RPE as well I think that can be something where probably it pushes people to try and show off yes so kind of a similar point but kind of more more based on programming that you see people doing RPE based programs and they're going yeah that was an RPE 9 you're like no, mm. no. I, I think it also takes a lot to understand the RPE as well because yeah. even where I am currently, I think I struggle to have a good gauge of what RP that is. Yeah. I'm always very guessing and very hesitant rather than saying, yeah, that was definitely an RP7. Yeah. Well, you sandbag a lot, don't you? Mm. I find you do. You say, I always sandbag it. Yeah. yeah you yeah, could yeah. probably do more. It's like, I saw a post actually from, from our coach. So our coach, Alex Pearson-Jones, like we, I was um, looking on his story and he put up a post from someone where it was like, he had a younger athlete and he said, right, I need you to do X weight for like an RP10. And he did the weight and then he said right now I want you to unwrap it and he ended up doing it for like eight reps or mm-hmm. something like that so he's like people don't know what their bodies are capable of yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like I would might squat I don't know 220 and go yeah that's an RPE 8 but until actually, you test that but actually I've squatted that for a triple so it's probably not an RPE 8 mm. do you know what I mean like it's yeah. just it's in the name isn't it yeah. like perceived exertion yeah but then I think kind of going back to the point I was making that I think the younger generation, I think coaches prescribe it too quickly. Mm-hmm. I think that's the problem. I think it's a really good tool, a really good tool, but I think people prescribe it too quickly because you just see the younger people going out on RPE and almost effectively maxing out every week. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they get fatigued and then, they, and then their RPE goes down and then they start panicking because they're like, oh my God, my RPE's going down, my weights are going down. It's like, yeah, it's because you're just fatigued. You're yeah, just exactly. tired. But I think the thing is, like, without firing shots, like, it's easy to program. Yeah, um, I suppose it is kind of a cop out. Yeah, because we we actually used to do our own programming ourselves. Well, Ed used to do it, and I just used to follow whatever Ed, Ed was doing. Yeah, because well, it was percentage based, wasn't it? Yeah, well, a lot of it came from one of the guys that we used to train with at QMC. Um, he um, he 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 coached me for a little bit. Uh, he was a, a junior coach and he just gave me a basic kind of cookie cutter program. Then he left, and then we kind of floated around for a little bit. 
And then we went on to the Larry Wheels programs and we did yes. those. Um, and they and were, we, we, we saw quite a good difference from them. Yeah, we saw a good difference. It was from a different them. style of training. Yeah, we were tired. They, they're hard. Underfed. Were they conjugate type? I think they are, yeah. yeah. There's a, there's quite a bit of banded work in there yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. There's a lot of AMRAPs. Yeah, um, was it AMRAP once a week? Yeah, we used, like to, we used to AMRAP quite a lot. Because I know the Lily Bridge method's very similar to that, where they do a heavy week and then an AMRAP week the week after. Um, there, that's yeah. even what the program is. I thought the AMRAP they they were good. The AMRAPs because they yes, it was a yeah, good yeah, way yeah. it was a good way to test progress. I think that's what it was on the program was a way of testing progress. It's good but, conditioning as well. Yeah, well, I think yeah. I think it did push us as well because mm. I, mean, I remember I squatted two hundred for three AMRAPs, and that was that was quite big for me at the time. Mm. Well, I think because so. obviously we see RPE a lot, um, and I I often have like problems of RPE because as you boys quite rightly said. You have to be training for a good number of years to know what your body can do. And, and what your body can handle. Exactly, yeah. Because mm. um, obviously there's people, there's lifters, like Rob's a prime example. Rob's a very fast lifter. But then you ask him, how was that? He was like, that was a fucking 10 out of 10. That was ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah. from the oh, outside... Really, but it, look, it looks yeah. like it moves well. Yeah. yeah. And like then you got people like myself where I'm a grindy lifter. And I was yeah. like, oh, that was yeah, easy. you can gr- gr- grind yeah. out. Um, and I also think help it, uh, training with someone... Yeah, actually helps that and recording your sets yeah. so then you can look back and see actually how it moved because mm. sometimes I've you know been on the bench been on the squat rack and it's felt heavy but Ed said no that moved well yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. that was not an RPEA that looked like a 6 watch the video back mm. oh actually that was more of a 6-7 yeah. so I can yeah. go up a bit more weight yeah. but I, I love the, the concept of RPE. I do like it it's just I really struggle to program it for my guys because yeah. they, without sounding disrespectful to them, like they just don't have the years under their belt yet. Yeah. Are they quite junior? Um, Are they what? New to lifting. Okay, new, new to lifting. lifting. Or coming back from severe injury. Yeah, so thing. then you've got to be careful you can't yeah. program like, any Obviously, RP. the way we all train, like Rob, Matt and I, we're a mixture of, like, we're a hybrid. Yeah. Like We try all sorts and I, don't, I never understand people that are program elitists. That you, they just try one method and that's it. That's the only method they yeah. use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know what you mean. We've had a few guys come through QMC. We had one guy that was uh, completely West Side only. It was mm-hmm. like West Side. And West Side's great. Conjugate's great. Like it clearly works. But I think you have to take a blend of them all. You've got to take the best because we, there's so many different types. You've got RPE based work, you've got your conjugate based work, mm-hmm. you know, percentage based. You've got to take a kind of combination of all of that and create a program that works for you yeah. and I think we both started off on kind of percentage work didn't we yeah a lot so of it was going was... three by three three by four three by five yeah, we... we go up and wait wait the next week yeah. and that worked at the time yeah. so going back to kind of more beginner gains yeah. when we first got into powerlifting it's like five by five five by five works so well for beginners yeah uh, well, as long as they have sure. like a general understanding and like movement know how to yeah. sort of lift um, but the only, as you guys know, the problem is like five by five. Like you, you go up by two point five, five kilo a week. You quickly, quickly get stagnant. Yeah. Um, or banged up. Oh, or, yeah. or burnt out. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes I'll wake up, and I just want to go straight back to sleep. I, mm. I've struggled to get out of bed a few days this week. Yeah. Well, for the fatigue management, so fatigue management was one of the things for me that I really wanted to focus on. So I actually came down from four days a week to three days a week. Yeah. Um, and I feel so much better doing that. I feel mm. so much stronger. I want to train more, but I can't yeah. because I'm just tired yeah. all, all the time. Mm. I'm just fatigued. And I think that's why I would say having a coach is so good because the coach that I've got at the moment, it, it takes the pressure away from programming because yeah. I kind of tell him how I feel. He just lets me know like, right, okay, we'll drop it from four to three or we'll adjust this or we'll change that. And it just it just helps the training so much more. But it when, works better for you. But, but when we were doing Larry, Larry was what, four or five days a week and wraps. Yeah, 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 yeah. I and think it was four days and then we used to throw in throw additional in days yeah. just to keep yourself moving. Yeah. It was a bit of conditioning, that sort of and stuff. And you just got so tired. The, the sessions became so much longer because we were resting longer between sets and... Mm. Yeah, we just got exhausted. Oh, I don't know how people train for like three, four hours. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I think we, I think that's another topic because maximum, you know, having a good time as well, talking with your friends two and a half hours for me. Yeah. You know, that's stretching mm. before and after as well. 
Um, but you know three four hour sessions I think that's the thing as well for us isn't it is that it's more a social aspect as well like we come here to talk to people to chill out like I probably could do my sessions in 45 minutes if I just came in put my headphones on and didn't talk to anyone but Mm. you know I want to come in I want to talk to people I want to chat I want to it's a social there is a social aspect to this as well yeah that's why I'm I'm actually really proud of what strength base has become in that regard very very social everyone gets along very well Mm. nice little community down there um, and obviously we all get to have a good laugh as well when we're here that's, yeah, the, that's sure. the most and important and everyone thing. gets behind each other yeah so yeah. that's the main thing for me so were you yeah, boys definitely. here when that guy come down um, guy came down yeah it was a few uh, maybe about a month ago now I think oh, he was deadlifting wasn't yeah, he yeah, yeah, he pulled yeah. like 230 yeah and everyone just got behind him it was and he amazing. was just like that's 10 kilos more than my max yeah um, where, where was he from because I spoke to him at the end it was a good hour away but I think he's moving down to Basin Circle. He's works down to, yeah. Work, working down here. And yeah, he went for that 2.30. Mm. Everyone just got behind him. It was a great atmosphere. That's why I'm so excited for the 28th. It was insane. Yeah. He, he loved it down here. He said, he said to me at the end, I didn't think I was going to pull that. Mm. It's uh, our plan for the 28th is basically, you know, the under mezzanine bit, the dungeony area. Yeah. So we're going to have deadlift bar set up and basically everyone's going to lift under that mezzanine. And then what we're going to do is like whatever weight you want on, we'll put it on. You do do your uh, lift and just have everyone surrounding you. It's hopefully that's going to be a zoo. That's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah, we want that environment where everyone just loves it and has a good time and has the ability to be spotted correctly as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's another big thing as well. Yeah, so I think that helps my confidence a lot as well. Yeah, having you know the spots there and good spots as well because I mean Ed, you've had a few experiences in comps where the spotters haven't been great. They haven't oh, been yeah. able to take the weight. I think this that this goes back a you know a year and a half or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that a, was that was a dodgy comp. So that was that was an ABPU comp. That was my first um that first, was first comp, wasn't it? First Squats. comp. Yeah, first comp, first qualifier. We did uh, it was the first time I'd competed wrapped. So in the ABPU you can go classic raw, which is wraps or sleeves. Yeah. We tried wraps. Um I wasn't very good in them. Um, I actually barely got 210 and being a 240 squatter in sleeves I was like just uh, what's going on here but um, I did the squat and I came down and I kind of paused at the bottom a little bit and when I came up I got a bit grindy and one side the spotter took it but the other right. side didn't. Yeah. So that pushed me off. I ended up stepping forward and then they had to take the weight away from me. So that really knocked my confidence anyway because mm. I was a bit nervous because it's your first comp. Like, you know, I was listening to commands. And, and you, you can't feel your legs as well because yeah, your wraps are so tight. You're trying to time your wraps and you don't know what you're doing and it's really difficult. And, and people are in the way. People are in the way. It's a small, like the, the lifting area behind was quite small. Yeah. So there wasn't really anywhere to kind of sit or do it or put your wraps on. And then um, I came out for my second attempt and got I got it. And then I went out for 225. And yeah, like I'm saying, I got to the top and I wobbled a little bit. I didn't lose balance; I just wobbled a tiny bit because I just think I came out quite quick from the uh, from the from the wraps. And the spotters just took it from me, and they were like, "Yeah, you." It was just annoying because it was just like they didn't give you an opportunity to try and grind it or to try and get it out or to try and recover it. It was just like the second that I don't know they they seemed quite young. Yeah, I think they were just young, a bit inexperienced. Yeah, because you were moving quite a lot of weight at the same time. Mm. They just thought, "Shit." Yeah, yeah well, I'll second, just take it. The second it got, the second, second it got a tiny bit grindy. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and that shouldn't be the way. No, I don't know. But so, it's like uh, some of the IPF spotter fails. Oh god, yeah. Christ, you see people squatting four hundred kilo, and then you've got like these fifteen-year-old kids standing next to it, and you're like, "That's not going to." Yeah, work no, right. that's that's not going to work. No. But I think that goes back to, you know, get getting people into the sport to spot and to load weights. Um, because I think a lot of comps do struggle getting the people in. Mm. Um, but then I think it's time for IPF and other federations to move to monoliths, cages, yeah, I agree, and stuff like that. I think it's time that we move away Rather from this. Rather than just the little elite yeah, no rack. Like that. this elitist view that no, the athlete will pick up the weight, walk it out, and we will have spotters. I'm not being funny, but I wouldn't spot someone going for a 450 kilo deadlift uh, squat. If they drop that, you don't matter how many spotters you've got, you're not done. you're not saving it, are done. you? Unless you've got like real like you've seen I've seen Chris Duffin before, he's tried to squat like what eight hundred or yeah, nine hundred yeah. for like every day or something like that. And he had about six spotters around him, but they were all big, jacked yeah. dudes. Yeah. And they even they were struggling. Mm. And like you say, in the IPF they just get anyone. Fifteen oh, year old kids. The the thing that baffles me is and they, but but they do get a free T shirt. Free oh, SPD t shirt, so it is worth it. Yeah. In <laughs> so, case anyone out, any of the listeners are thinking about it. <laughs> it's, um, 
what baffles me is like because obviously when we expand here first thing we're getting is a mono because monos have been proven they've been proven to save people's knees you know that walkout is not healthy for you especially when you get up to big weight mm. um and that's where funnily enough a lot of the injuries happen yeah is yeah on the on the walkout yeah so when um myself and ed done our first comp we were using a monolith, but we'd never used one before. So we did actually walk it out, but we yeah. could have used, you know, used the mechanism to yeah. not not walk it out and just have yeah. the weight but on they, you. But they, the, the, the point is that they had, they, we had the safety chains. Yeah. We, we had, the, we, we, because we had the safety chains on, we were able to um, be confident in the fact that, yeah, all right, we've got the spotters, but if, if we, if we truly bail, like mm. say you blow out a knee or you, because it's fine if you fail a rep where you're coming up and then you you look like you're struggling and then they help you back up again. But if you truly fail a rep, yeah, like you you're not going to catch that weight. No, you're not. You need like you need a chain there. You need a rope there or something or like a in a cage. Like you'd have like the bars or some sort of material or fabric to catch the bar and yeah. that and that's what you need. So I think it's time that they. I don't know. I just find it a bit elitist. It's just like no, we will use these small little racks, and that's it. Mm. Nothing else. It's like no. Yes, yeah, it gets a bit dangerous, doesn't it? Same yeah. with like, like how whippy certain bar types are that they use, mm. and you see like the giants like Ray Williams walking out with this bar, and it's just oscillating as he's standing there. No matter how much he braces, that bar is still whipping. Yeah. Um, which leads on to like squat bars and things like that. You know, they're designed to take huge load with minimal movement to actually save the lifter. Yeah. Um, but no, it's definitely interesting. It's, it's going to be interesting to see where powerlifting goes. Yeah. Because I feel like it's on the brink of becoming quite a commercial sport again. Yeah. But they need to also change how they're approaching things. Yeah, I had this conversation with um, I can't remember who it was. Though. They might have been Matt. I'm not sure, but about how powerlifting. So some federations are going more down the showmanship route. Mm. So you've got I think it might be the WRPF. I'm not sure, but they have like their meets. Their lifters come out to like music and lights and smoke and all kinds of stuff, and it's crazy and it's a big atmosphere. So it's like a boxing walkout. Yeah, it's like a mad. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's the federation that Yuri Belkin competes in. I've seen him yes, walk really. out. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. It's like a mad show, and they've got loud music, and it's all like colourful. Imagine that. And it's so cool. But then you go to other feds, and it's like a library. Like you lift, and it's dead silent. And yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. I think, like you say. It's time to make that shift over and make it a bit more of a spectator sport. Because well. in the uh, ABPU, we do have music on there. Um, you know, everyone does get behind, behind you. Everyone screams at you. It's a, it's a really good atmosphere. Is, I yeah. couldn't think of anything worse than you know, squatting, benching, deadlifting, heavy in silence. In silence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it would affect my performance as well. Yeah, of course. I really do. Yeah, it's uh, like the IWF. You know, weightlifting, Olympic lifting. Yes, their, yeah. their comps are just silent. And it's kind of just like, how can you lift in that? I mean, admittedly, it is a case of um, they've got to concentrate. But uh, I don't know. If, have we spoken to you boys about our plans for our first powerlifting meet? Probably not, no. Well, um, no so, no, you have spoken to me about it yeah, briefly. So, it's not yet. It's going to be when we expand. Because, uh, obviously, we're going to have monos then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's going to be cash prizes, big oh, wow. cash prizes. Um, we're going to be based... Basically, it's going to be across the country. Um, we like the Irish Pro with how well the Irish Pro does. Mm. Um, Shane does an amazing job of that comp. We want to create a competition where people want to come and compete. Yeah. Um, so kind of like slingshot record breakers back in the day. Essentially, mate, yeah. So w w when that was, you know, up and running mm. in, where was it, San Francisco? Jimbo mm. Cooper? Where did that go? Um, so no, no, no. So that was, runs, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, no, no, no. It was stopped last year. Was it? Yes, yeah, because yeah, I think they got a bit of stick. Did it? Oh, because of the from oh, you know some yes. of the athletes' death. Um, Kay, some of the Kayla, Kayla Willem, yeah, yeah, Jimbo yeah. Cooper, um, they were all out there. Yeah, that, I remember that actually. That was uh, interesting because didn't he go down on his deadlift and then pull back up again? Was that correct? Who was that? Caleb. Yeah, Kayla Willem did. Yeah, and yeah. then Jimbo. I like Jimbo. I follow him on, on it, so he's a good lad. He's a so I think, I think Jimbo got a lot of stick regarding his depth on his right. squats. Yeah. Okay. So I think, what did he do, 340? Yeah. Um, but because it was a front angle... Can't see anything. Couldn't really see. Yeah. Mm. But um, the thing that amazed me is that he, he had Stan Efferding judging him. So it's like, you think they've got like elite guys doing the judging. That's incredible. But, you know, it, to me, it's just weird. It's like, why, mm. why can't we have a, a standardised judging? Like, why do some feds are stricter than the other like yeah. to me it's just I can't get my head around it like yeah it's the same as strongman it's the yeah. same as strongman like yeah, I yeah. think there's just so many different federations they all have their own 
What what baffles me in regards to powerlifting though is like there's clear set rules. You have to break the hip crease. That's depth. But then you have like IPF depth, which is we, a lot lower. Yeah, which is arse to the grass. Yeah, and we've seen a lot of videos. Yeah, where yeah. so Nick Green, for example, shout out Nick Tanoshi. Yeah, Nick Tanoshi. Yeah. Um, he you know he dumped a one eighty squat like. Like we are talking floor. low, like he, he was, and he he still got two red lights for it. Yeah, they red lighted, and I mean, I think he took that lift three times. Yeah, until he got so eventually got. I think it. He, no, I think he only got two whites in the end. Yeah, they were Jesus. they were. It was a it was a um, IPF meet. That was strict to like British powerlifting, and mm. yeah, he showed us the video, and we were like, you could clearly see, mm. you know, his hamstrings were bouncing off his calves, and he was. They were like, no, it's not not a lift. But what baffles me is. Going back to him, Ray Williams. Like you look at his depth. Yeah. Admittedly, yeah. he's a massive dude. Admittedly, but then like they're they're red lighting your friend for his depth that was clearly asked to grass. And then Ray Williams. But they're a bit cautious of you know yeah. the big names. The problem is though is that the only, the only defence I'll have to to big old Ray is um, the bigger guys. It is harder to actually course, to yeah. to see depth yeah. because they just have so much mass. Mm that it just yeah. they either can't get any lower because the mass just can't they just physically can't or it's just the they are going below parallel but because their legs are just so massive it just looks like they're not mm. it's more of a, a, a visual thing it's like Russell or he Russell oh Russell yes, Russell yeah. like he's so jacked he's struggling to hit depth because his yeah. hamstrings Mate, are so he, big. he does not look 83 oh, oh, I'm sorry he's huge He's tonk. I think he, you know, he's pulled 310 the other day pretty mm. easily in prep for Sheffield. Mm. So, That's gonna be good you point. know, him yeah. versus Brett Gibbs, mm. Taylor Atwood. Yeah, I think the 83 class is becoming kind of my favourite. Yeah. Because they're just lifting. There's in. someone else in there. Brett, um, Brett, Russ, Owen Hubbard. Well, I think Owen Hubbard moved weight classes, didn't he? I don't know. Did he move? I don't know. I think he moved up, didn't he? I think, no, did I'm he sure move? he's still 83. Is he? But anyway. Anyway, yeah. But yeah, I think the 83 class is one of my favourite ones to watch because they're just inhuman with what they can do. Yeah. yeah. You've got Brett Gibbs benching like 500 pounds, like 227 kilos. Like how? At 83 kilos. It's great to see him coming back. because he, he was out for a while, wasn't he, with injury? Yeah. Yeah, he's um, always had shoulder problems, hasn't he? I but it's think. great to see him coming back. So I like Brett because like, his intensity is incredible. Um, oh, yeah. And I love watching animated lifters. Because um, I, I really struggle with people that are like really chilled out, walk up to the bar, have a little dilly dally. Whereas Brett's just losing his shit when he's walking up to the yeah, bar. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, oh, it's great. I love it's that. great. But um, no, what's big thing this year? Half or Beyonson and that five hundred one. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, again, now this is where this is an interesting topic of conversation because Eddie Hall has spoken about this, and he he he's like, come to Sheffield or not Sheffield, was it Giants Live? Sorry, mm. come to Giants Live, calibrated bar, calibrated plates and pull it. Mm. Whereas I think with Hathor in Dubai, is it a World yeah. Ultimate Strongman, it will be an elephant bar? No. Is it not an elephant no, bar? It's no, it's deadlift bar. Is it a deadlift bar? Because that's, that's why he didn't want to do 501 at the Arnold was because he, was he knew, it. and he knew people were going to be like, well, it's an elephant bar, I don't count. Yeah. Exactly. Even, even on a deadlift bar, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not talking shit because mm. I can't deadlift that and I never will. Mm. But, you know, again, it comes down to another thing in powerlifting about records is you know will it be a separate record is that going to be a 500 kilo deadlift bar record versus mm. Eddie's 500 kilo calibrated bar he record? also doesn't well, wear a suit does he that was a deadlift bar that Eddie used was it yeah it was, it was calibrated was no, it? No, no 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 he always used deadlift bar yeah always deadlift bar mate but it's just non-branded red tape on it like the Alico bar no it's just non-branded deadlift bar well, look at that. So, then. so it's not an AOA one. No, yeah. it's not an AOA one. Well, well, oh, no, go, well then I take that, it all back. Yeah. So yeah, if he pulls five hundred one, good luck to him. I <laughs> yeah. take it all back. But he is using a suit for it. Oh, he is now, yeah, is he? Because so, I, I remember he gave Eddie a bit of stick. Yeah. So regarding... oh, if he's using a suit, he's he's done it. Yeah. Because he's he's done four eighty for a double raw. So he's yeah. If, he, if he, he, he done that the other day. Didn't yeah. He? If he puts a suit, he's done on it fairly recently. Done. He done it for a double. I thought he yeah. did for a single. No, he did four eighty for. I'm sure he did four eighty. Or like four fifty for a double. Citation needed again. But yeah, so. Yeah, it's going to be... But the other the other thing that Rob and I were talking about, we actually think there's going to be a 100 kilo lifter. Oh, 100%. That's going to be... 100% gu- guaranteed. It'll be... What do you mean, a 100 kilo, so well, the, 100 kilo lifter? That does it? Yeah, yeah, so there's been like an abundance 100%. recently of like 95 to 105 kilo athletes that are pulling like 480 for speed. 
Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Is, that, is that in a suit as well? No, these are oh, sumo. Just... A lot of, most of them are sumo, so technically it won't be counted in a strongman comp, but... Um, oh, so in a strongman comp? Can't use sumo. Oh, okay. No. Didn't know that. Um, some, I think some feds do allow it, but most, most are conventional. You know, the big ones. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's the whole roots, isn't it, of strongman, basically. Um, but I would love to see a light lifter. Well, I'll tell you um, on that about the 100 kilo lifter hitting um, a 500 kilo deadlift. Is I was listening to Greg Knuckles, actually, the other yeah. day, and he was talking about how with these 100 kilo lifters, it's not all about leverages, but some of them the reason why they've got these mad mad deadlifts is because they've just got such good leverages now what he was describing was he had a lifter who was sumo who could pull comfortably like 360 right easy and he put him on a 3 inch deficit or like a 2 inch deficit and he got him to pull and he lost like 50-60 kilos off his deadlift and he was like that's like he was saying that these guys that are pulling it it's it's because they've just got the body for it they've got that leverage they can get in that upright position they can get in the proper position they've got those long arms where they can get into the you know a great 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 starting position to pull that deadlift you throw them on a two inch deficit all of a sudden they lose all that power Mm. and it's insane so it's like but yeah it's it's, it's gonna it's gonna come it Mm. is gonna come I I remember speaking about this the other day with you as well yeah in the gym Mm. it's like like, uh Steffi Cohen's meet hybrid showdown. Yeah. There was that Jamal, what's his face? What was Jamal his name? Jamal Brown? Yes. Yeah. Come out of nowhere and then he's pulling, I can't remember what he deadlifted that day, but it was mid 400s. Oh, he pulled 440 and it was like a speed rep. Yeah. I mean, Steffi Cohen outlifts me Steffi every Cohen's, day. Oh, she's insane. She's amazing. She's insane. But um, yeah, I've, I follow that Jamal on, on Instagram yeah. now. Excuse me. And he, um, he uh, what was he that he put up the other day? He put up a, a thousand pound attempt and he, really? he got it to like mid thigh he just couldn't lock it out I think he tried it twice and then just moved on but yeah he's, Jesus. he's yeah they're, they're, it's it's going to happen I think it will probably I think if Arnold had, if the Arnold had gone ahead it probably would have happened then mm. I think he was going to go for it and yeah. probably would have got it because he's looking very tasty at the moment because I know that with the WAS well whatever it's called uh, it's 100 grand paycheck isn't it he, yes, yeah, thousand, yeah, because yeah. um, I know Rogue was fifty. Yeah, fifty. I think Eddie got fifty for the five hundred. Yeah, he got more than that. Of course he did. Yeah, but no, he done very well for himself with that. But no, did you um, did you hear his um, did you see his YouTube video that he did for five hundred thousand subscribers where he was talking about the five hundred kilo deadlift? Yes, and how it knocked him out for like two weeks, mm. and like after the deadlift, he was lying backstage and he like couldn't see, couldn't yeah. hear, like he thought he was gonna die, and it's like. Christ Do you know what? It actually scares the shit out of me Whenever I uh, lift Heavyweight for me Not compared to you boys But yeah. And you go death Or your eyesight starts to go mm-hmm. And whatnot. not oh, It's blood pressure man It scares the shit out Yeah of it's blood pressure I had that actually the other day When I know it's ridiculous But getting Because I've just started my block Going into my next comp I had that with 190 I squatted 190 for like set, I was squatting it for sets of 5 And where I'm really working on bracing and uh, intra-abdominal pressure and that kind of stuff, yeah, after, like, some of those sets of five, you put your belt down and you do kind of, your hearing goes, Mm. your sight starts to go a bit funny, and then it comes back and it's like, is that healthy? Yeah. Is it healthy? Mm. I don't know. Like, should you be doing that? But, yeah, you know, I don't know. Got to enjoy your life, though. Yeah, exactly. You've got to have fun with it. We just like doing it, don't we? Yeah, it's all good fun. (laughs) Well, it's nice to see you boys every other day <laughs> as well four days a week for me days three days a week, days a week for Ed yeah. but um, I'm always worried when I deadlift because I deadlift mixed grip yep. I'm always worried about the old bicep oh mate hook grip for life oh, I can't do it oh, I just tried it can't I, do it. I've tried it but when I get when it gets past you know 140 kilos I struggle oh, yeah. it, it just kills my thumb I might have some deadlift in front of you boys today, actually. Um, yeah, but come yeah. Join us. yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, feel free. I'm yeah. going heavy on the old bench oh, if I can get on the Alika rack. I'll be deadlifting, so yeah. Sweet. <laughs> going to have some fun. Um, but yeah, diet. Diet. What do oh, you boys yeah. eat? What do you guys eat? Ed, after you. Well, my diet is not very good. I am trying to get on top of it. That's why you're 120. It's not been very good. Um, I eat a lot. I know it was just anything I wanted to eat. Um, <laughs> but. What I want to try is the carnival diet. Mm-hmm. I do want to move into that. Um, I've been watching quite a lot of videos and reading uh, quite a lot of articles about it, and I've seen people having great success. I'm a big follower of Mark Bell. He yeah. was one of the first guys I saw when I got into powerlifting, um, and he's had quite a good success on the keto and then moving over to carnival recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've li- I've been listening to podcasts like with Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson. I don't yeah, know yeah. if you've seen that. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like where he was talking about his autoimmune diseases. 
um, his depression and anxiety and stuff like that. And then he had his uh, his daughter who had had like joint replacements at eight. Yeah. They all went carnivore. That all went away. Mm. He even, even his gum disease, he mm. was talking about that is receding gums. He stopped eating carbs and started actually eating meat. Mm. Next thing you know is that goes away. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I've been doing, funny enough, exactly the same thing as what you've been doing recently. I've been reading a lot about it because I run keto a while ago now and I loved it. I'd never yeah. been more productive. Body felt incredible. My digestive system felt amazing. Um, and then as soon as I come back on to, I'm definitely intolerant to something. I'm not sure what it is yet, but there's something I'm consuming that just doesn't like me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've got that as well. Yeah. This... But it probably doesn't help how many protein shakes I have a day. <laughs> um, I know. I understand. 900 grams a day. It's, uh, but the carnival diet is a real interesting one and it does go down a bit of a rabbit hole. But, you know, I personally think it works because there's so much shit and food that we eat these days. Oh my god, yeah, so much. No, shit. Nothing's clean. No, no, it's just crazy. Um, but you know, the carnivore diet—it's essentially eliminating all of that shit. Admittedly, you've got to get good quality meats whenever you do go on yeah. it. But you know, the science is there, mm. and it, it's proving that you know us as a species, we're. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even think we're evolving anymore. I think we're going backwards. We're devolving. We're de- yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we we you look at our ancestors. You know, we were spiking, spiking. Our knowledge was growing. Admittedly, our knowledge is growing now. But from a, a evolutionary standpoint, in regards to physiques, we're going backwards. Yeah. Postures are changing. Even just how our hands are developing is changing. It's mm. quite scary. And a lot of it is because we have office jobs. We're in cubicles all day, every day. Um, we're slouched over, and but the carnival diet's going back to its to our roots. Um, are you going to be thinking about doing like intermittent fasting with it? Um, I don't really know. I mean, intermittent fasting is something that I would like to practice because I think you've I, done it before, haven't you? I've tried it, but I I am so dependent on food. So when I when I was growing up and I was doing all the bodybuilding in college and stuff like that it was the classic bro six meals a day all that kind of stuff and I've kind of just stuck with that mm. so when I miss a meal or a classic example is I'll like have lunch at 12 and then at 3 o'clock I'm starving mm. I need to train my body I need to get out of that habit of needing food every couple of hours Yeah. and I think intermittent fasting will be a great way for me to teach my body to do that mm. now I have I have heard that on the carnivore diet you do get that automatically like it happens yeah. anyway because yeah. you're eating so much protein so much meat so much fat mm. that you do end up just not you, you're not hungry so you don't eat yeah so exactly. I, I, it is it that you're not hungry or you just don't want to eat it's because of um, how the body processes protein and fats yeah, yeah. so it makes you feel long, uh, fuller for longer essentially yeah. yeah so that's one of the things that I've seen Mark Bell talking about is that he got into fasting because he was doing the carnival diet and keto and he just didn't need to eat and then he started practicing it and then he extended his fast from 12 hours 16 18 to 24 mm. uh, whether i'd go 24 hours without eating i don't know because you know, i'm still training i'm still we, going we to still work. got work yeah we still know, got, that's a still, that's a big thing that's a big thing yeah still got things to do but yeah i would i would like to definitely try it and i think it would be different if both of us didn't work you know, you, you you've had it before when you've yeah. had some time out of un, uh, out of employment. Yeah, and you've just been able to sleep all day, eat whatever you want, and your training was going very well. Yeah. So when I when I came out of golf and I was moving into my current job, um, I did have about a year, nine nine months to a year where I was unemployed, and I did um, I did train. That's kind of when I got into powerlifting because I needed something to because it kind of hit me a bit hard. I was like, I'm out of work. You know, mm. I was I've come out of golf. I've you know I've been doing really well, and I need to find something else. So I had to find a new a new a new industry to get into and um in that time i needed something to kind of take my mind off of it so that's when i got into powerlifting properly so i was coming in training at 11 every day uh, so i'd be able to wake up when i want i'd have breakfast i'd train at 11 i'd come back home i'd eat i'd sleep in the afternoon mm. it was great you know i got i got strong really quickly i felt rested i felt great and then i started work and i was like oh my god actually yeah. and that's when the fatigue management came in because i was like oh i yeah. can't keep this up because funnily enough when you can eat and sleep and rest properly it's it, it really You're really helps essentially but, a professional athlete at that point. yeah exactly and you know, I, I don't know. I've I've had so many stomach issues, and not not to get into it too much, but I've had like stomach problems, and mm. you know, I, I I need to do something with my diet. You know, I've had tendonitis before. I used to suffer with that quite badly. That's kind of gone away yeah, a little no, bit now. You know, I used to 
have all kinds of elbow problems after squatting. And uh, wrist problems as well. Wrist problems. Yeah, I've had wrist problems. And a lot of it, I think, is due to diet. It's mm. just inflammation. Yeah. Just from eating crap. And mm. even recently, I've been going carnivore-ish. So I've been kind of dropping carbs out. I've been eating just, you know, eggs and sausages in the morning. Uh, for lunch, I will have like rice and chicken and stuff like that. But in the dinner, in the evening, I'm just having like steak, mince, cheese, stuff like that. Mm. And I do feel a bit better. I think some of my stomach problems are starting to go away. Mm. Um, but I want to I want to commit to it for 30 days. I'm in exactly the same position. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to... I wanna are we all going to do it, are we? All three of us. Start of April. Well, you'll definitely be under 90 afterwards. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I might go back down to the 83s. <laughs> oh, yeah. My, my no, problem no is that. I, I want to do it, but it's just committing to it. Like, it's a big, big commitment. It, massive commitment and financially big commitment as well. Because um, yeah, obviously we, we get in here about half five in the morning. I don't have time to cook. Like that. Well, I would, but I'd have to wake up the dog as well. And you don't do that. And then I wake up the missus and she'll kill me. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when we're only back at mine for an hour, if that. And then I won't get back until half eight, nine in the evening. So I could essentially yeah, fast throughout the entire day uh, and then eat in the evening. But as you guys quite rightly said, we do still train. So it's going to be interesting. And you work as well. You've yeah. got to have that energy to give exactly. to your clients. Yeah. So, but no, it's, it's definitely interesting. Dan, what, what do you eat? Do you eat anything, everything, or are you structured? Um, a bit of, bit of both, to be honest. You know, I make sure I get my 220 grams of protein um, in per day, whether that's through shakes, through chicken, you know, through protein cookies, um, that sort of stuff. You know, I have quite a lot of fruit throughout the day as well. Mm. And then, you know, kind of because I still live with my parents, it's just whatever they cook me in the evening. Mm. Yeah. So my main focus is just getting that protein in for the time being, and then I'll kind of try and eat clean where I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because like there's obviously strongman powerlifters that just they just eat everything and anything because they think mass means more weight than you lift, and um, obviously it's down to the education as well. But it's nice to talk to people that actually do care about what they eat. Um, yeah. And it takes a certain point of enlightenment, I think because obviously like yourself you're realising that your joints are inflamed to fuck mm. um, and it's what we consume 99% yeah. of the time it is yeah. what we eat um, but the problem is it's so easy it's so easy and so cheap and it's yeah it's a lot cheaper that's oh. that's the main thing yeah like we walked into Tesco yesterday and I was just looking at like sandwiches and I'm like I know there's so many chemicals in that but that's £1.50 and then a chicken <laughs> breast is like £2.50 and you're like Fuck. and then you've got to cook the chicken breast yeah yeah no, I completely agree. I um, it 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 can be expensive. I mean, I I do do it on a budget. Mm. Um, so I I mostly eat ground beef. Yeah. Because it is the cheapest alternative and it's it's easy. But yeah, it's, it is a shame when you go into supermarkets and you see just chocolates and bags of sweets for like a quid, mm. and you think, well, I'll eat that over having like meat. Mm. And I, and I do, because. I'm not a scientist and I will preface that in saying that I'm just a good, just a dude that's been reading. So, you know, read up or, or for yourself. Yeah. But when you look at how our bodies are made and what they're designed to do, we are carnivores. Yeah. We're not herbivores. We're not omnivores. We are designed to eat meat. We have mm. canines. We have wisdom teeth. We have molars. We're designed to eat meat. Yeah. So as our diets have been changing over the past sort of 50, 60, even 100 years, where we've moved into this wheats, pastas, processed sugars and stuff like that, it's a causing addiction because mm. it is an addictive substance 100%, 100% which yep. is you know killing people and mm. destroying people's lives it is causing people to get ill mm. diseases sickness you know stomach problems all that kind of stuff so it's a shame to see that you can't go into a supermarket and just get ready made cheap cooked meat you just can't get that it's, no. it just costs too much money or you have to buy it and cook it and prep it which is hard it's just it's, con- it's the convenience factor as well like our lifestyles nowadays we need that convenience factor which unfortunately crisps sandwiches chocolates that is the convenience factor yeah. but when yeah. we I think it's going to have to be a cultural social shift where we need to move across to that mm. um, but the problem is as I'm sure you've found is that if you mention in public that you're going to do a carnivore diet it's mm. quite controversial to mention that at the moment. Yeah. It is a controversial thing. I've spoken to a few people at work and they're like... Bit, bit of a sensitive subject. Yeah, mm. it can be. Because some people, you know, especially with the with the the, the uh, sort of vegan push that's going on at the moment, you know, and the morality of it, because yeah. people care about animals and stuff like that. And I, I do appreciate that. And obviously anyone can do any diet and I'll support anyone on anything. But, you know, for me, I'm a very scientific guy. I like to 
listen to the people out there that have the knowledge you know you, you can't beat science like at the end no. of the day if our bodies are designed to eat a certain food then we should try and eat that food if we can I completely and agree. this is something that you can try at home as well this is a this is a test so I remember seeing this on the one show on BBC mm-hmm. now fat and sugar combined does something to our brain again I'm not a scientist so I can't confirm what that is but you can try this experiment because it does work that it you can eat more calories it doesn't make you feel full and it like drives you mental mm-hmm. it's almost like catnip for humans so get some double cream and get some sugar and have a, a little bowl of sugar and a little bowl of double cream and try and eat all the sugar you won't be able to because it'll make you feel sick because mm. it's not good for you yeah. try and try and drink the double cream you won't be able to it'll taste horrible it's crappy because it's fat now mix them together and you'll be able to eat as much of that as you want mm. because for some reason, mixing fats and sugars just drives us mental. Mm, mm. And that's the problem. It's all of the processed foods and stuff out there that we eat, when you look at it, is just fats and sugars. Yeah. But that's it tastes it nice. Is. Exactly. Yes. And it's addictive. Mm. Exactly. But it becomes ad- addictive. Yeah. Because you're eating it and you're just like, I want more of that. I need more of that. And I, I'm a prime example of it because I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm, th- I'm, I'm on Monday, I'm going to try and start the carnivore and try to start eating healthy so what do I do this weekend I go out and buy a load of sweets and chocolates because I'm like right I can't have it again so I need to eat it now like it, it's it, fix. yeah it's, it, yeah. it is an addictive it's an addictive behaviour yeah no I completely agree with you it's I've been re, re, especially recently I've been studying a lot from the likes of Wim Hof um, certified health nut them types of people where yeah. they're very very sounds really hippified but at one with their body Mm. Uh, they know what their body is and what it's here for and listening to what they eat and then Elliot Holes, Mark Bell you know the more I listen to it the more I'm like it makes perfect sense I can't understand why people are saying no to this like you know we as you said like we scavenged as our ancestors used to do they they didn't Mm. eat every day they didn't eat all day Mm. Um, and they had to have intermittent fasting without even meaning to but now exactly and I think I think your body gets used to it as well. Yeah. So as soon as I know I've got to lose five kilos for a comp, mm. the first couple of days is hard. Then yeah. your body just get, gets used to it, adjusts yeah. to it. My training still fine. Yeah. It's just getting into the routine and getting your body used to it. Mm. It's I uh, did I ever tell you about my last comp I competed in? So I was competing in the under eighties, and I was weighing uh, ninety two kilo, uh, something like two and a half three weeks out. Completely fucked up my prep. Completely fucked up. Was this powerlifting? Uh, strongman. Strongman. Yep. So um, I had to cut twelve kilo in two and a half weeks. So I was on white fish and spinach six times a day. Sounds terrible. It was horrific. Sounds horrendous. Horrific. <laughs> but do you know what? Your, I, bo- your body got used to it, didn't it? I felt great. Yeah. I, I actually you did, felt yeah. great. I had no shit in my system. The spinach that I was having had all the minerals, not all of them, but had a lot of minerals that I which, needed. Which your body needed. Yeah. The white fish, yeah, didn't taste great, but you put some paprika and some flavourings on it. it yeah, was fine. Spices, yeah. Yeah, and then I look back on that, like now, there are days where, without going into too much details, I'll be on the toilet for 25 minutes. Mm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on the exact yeah. same at work, you know, 20 minutes, half hour. Yep. Um, and like people are like, what is wrong with you? And you're like, I, I don't know. And it's not just once a day as well. No, it's multiple times a day. Yeah. And yet when I was on keto, it mightn't even be once a day. No. Once every other day, maybe. And I was like, five minutes done. Well, it's because there's no waste. No. Because your body's taking the nutrients mm. and keeping it because it wants it. Yeah. And there's not much waste produced because of it. No, exactly. And I just see like the way you say it, it's like, well, how can other people not understand this? It's, it, I think it it's, makes perfect sense, but yeah. it's just whether you're committed to do it or not. And it's our culture. Yeah. Yeah. The culture is a big thing as well. You know, we, we're bred to eat shit. Hmm essentially and the problem is the shit tastes amazing it does uh, like the amount of times as you boys know we talk about McDonald's on the gym floor mm-hmm. the amount of times we talk about it because mm-hmm. it just tastes so good it does yeah. I mean I, me and Ed know someone that goes to McDonald's every day you know has a breakfast there has a coffee there is that Rob? no 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 oh. he normally has a client meeting there yeah but every day he's in there yeah mm. firing shots there yeah, a few <laughs> shots at Joe Fevo. Shout out Joe Fevo. Ryan um, Fevo. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to see how people react, though, when mm. you talk about these sort of diets. And the thing is for me as well, whenever I talk about the carnivore, people just say to me, oh yeah, well, if you just cut out all the crap, of course that's going to happen. And I'm like, yeah, the carnivore diet is an, it's an elimination diet. Yeah. So is going vegan, so is vegetarian. It's an elimination oh, diet. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're... Mm. It, 
you know, you're eliminating the crap. If mm. you eat vegan, you're not eating sugary food, you're not eating crisps, you're not eating crap like that. If you're going carnival, you're not eating that sort of stuff, you're just eating meat. Now, mm. of course, that is probably the success factor in it, mm. is you are just eliminating the crap. Yeah. That is all you're doing. Yeah. So I actually had a really, really funny conversation with an old client of mine. So he was a strong, strong guy. He used to eat ground mince, rice, basically vertical diet, essentially. Yeah. Every day, all day, he asked what he used to eat. And his digestive system was fucked. Like, he was worse than what we were. And um, then he decided to go vegan. And I was like, okay, well, if you want to, then sure. And he was like, oh, something in my diet's messing me up, so I'm going to go vegan. And I was like, cool, so he went vegan. Guess what? His digestive system was fine. It turns out he's intolerant to ground meat. There you go. And I was like, so you didn't need to go vegan. You just needed you just to find swap, out yeah. what the problem is. Swap out the meat. Yeah. He swapped out the meat. He's back now back on meat. He feels better. He's functioning better. Because um, on the vegan diet, and it's not, not disrespecting any vegans because everyone's got their own choices, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but yeah. he was lethargic. He didn't feel good. He was really restricted what he could eat when he went out. Um, but yeah, like, as you said, it is just a case of eliminating every single variable that's coming into your system and then just having select things. And if then you're still having problems with having four different types of meat, shit, okay, it's one of these types of meat. Yeah. Um, or, well, I know they're expensive, but you can get allergy tests or intolerance yeah, tests. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. I think it's worth doing. You need to invest in yourself. Like, mm. the only thing you have is your body. Yeah. And why do you want, like, this is what's kind of prompted me to kind of look into what I'm eating and my habits and my lifestyles because I'm fed up of being tired all the time. I'm mm. fed up of feeling bloated and constipated and stuff like that. Not, you know, too much detail, but, mm. and, that's why it's prompted me to kind of think, right, I need to sort this out mm. because I'm just fed up of it. Yeah. And it's like when you drop all the crap and you just, and for me, when I'm just eating like meat and cheese and dairy, I, I feel great. Mm. I do feel great. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking, do you know what? I really just want to, because I, I kind of flop in and out. Like I do it for a bit, then the weekend comes and then I end up at McDonald's having a breakfast wrap and stuff like that. And it's mm. like, so I just want to really commit to it. I just want to go, right, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to see what happens. Just see how it goes for a month. Experiment mm. on yourself. Yeah. Try it. See how your body weight goes as well. Yeah, see how my body weight fluctuates. Cause, you start you know, that on Monday, did you say? I'd like to. Do you want to do it together? Yeah. You don't? No, you won't do it. Yeah. Dan, you won't do it. <laughs> no, but I'd like to. And I think for me as well, bringing it, bringing it back to like a social media side point as well, is like I was thinking about making myself accountable. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So by like using social media, because I know not everybody, you know, no one cares if I'm going on a carnival diet or not, but it's more the accountability for myself is that keeping a track of it for 30 days and just being like, right. And people know you're doing it as well. Yeah. So your followers know. Yeah. Mm. I completely agree with you. I think that's a really good idea. It'd be interesting as well. Like I wish, because one of the things I want to get done personally is I want to get my blood tests done. Yeah. Um, I want yes. to, there's something going on with me at the moment where I don't know what's going on, but yeah. there's something not right with me. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling it's due to the shit winter we've been having, the yeah. lack of sunlight we've been having recently. I think it gets you down because I was speaking to someone at work about this the other day and they were saying, you know, all, the, all this rain's getting me down. Woke out of bed, got, got up out of bed feeling a bit shit. Mm. Looked out the window, you know, shit day. It just yeah. put, me in the, put me in the worst yeah, mood yeah, ever. Yeah. 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 You know, but if it was nice and light, I would have probably been in a better mood mm. Mm. rather than just seeing One thing I'm really grateful with was strength base is the lighting in there. Yeah, um, the lighting is good. Yeah, actually, yeah. 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 Matt well. deliberately uh, chose them ones. Um, it has, I don't know if you've ever looked into the science behind lighting in gyms and whatnot. Um, so when you go into commercial gyms, you look in the mirror, you look jacked as fuck. Uh, and it's actually deliberate. They use, oh, yeah, they placing, s- yeah. Yeah, they use certain down lights to mm-hmm. enable you to look better so you'll come back more. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were chosen because it gives you mood enhancement. Uh, so when it's really shit weather outside, it gives you a little bit of a boost because oh, it's nice go. and light. So is that to do with the colour of the light? I don't fully know. Yeah, um, I was going to say, it's a weird science, but... Yeah, Matty will know more about it. Yeah. Good idea, though. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah. I mean, we, we've noticed it. Mm. Oh, I do like that. And do you know what I like as well? You ain't got any mirrors. Oh, we'll never have one. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Mm. You know? We, um... You don't get any poses down here? No, no. Like, the the thing is, like, mirrors are great for coaching, but you've also got to trust your coaching ability. So you should be able to counteract what you're... Not counteract, sorry. You should be able to guide your client without the use of a mirror. Mm -hmm. Um, And to be honest, I, I hate them. Oh, they distract me. I don't know how people squat in front of mirrors. Oh, I, I, I always used to squat in front of mirrors. Oh so at QMC, where we used to train, we had a rack on a wall in front of a mirror, yeah. and I would put those yoga mats over, over the rack. So you can see yourself. I can see it, because that was another thing that affected me in the comps, is where I would squat in front of a mirror, if you took that away, You're gonna... I was like, yeah. I didn't, because 
one of the things that I, I like about not having the mirrors is it teaches you to feel your mm. body more. Yeah. So this goes back to kind of my golf coaching days when I would try to get people to to feel their golf swing or to feel the change that I'm making. Or I would say to them, right, I need you to make this change. And then I would record it and show it to them and it would feel completely different. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's because you, 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 you're you not aware of your body. You have no spatial awareness. Exactly. You don't know where you are. Yeah. So like for me, when I'm in the gym now, whereas I do like bicep curls in front of a mirror just to look at myself and be mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that looks amazing. Now I don't have that. So mm-hmm. now when I'm doing bicep curls, I'm really thinking about squeezing the muscle. I'm thinking about the movement. I'm more aware of where I am, especially in squatting. Like, I think my squatting's got better since I've not been in front of a mirror. Because yeah, no, I can yes. feel where I'm at, feel where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I could almost shut my eyes and squat now. Yeah. And also, on comp days, you don't have a mirror in front of you. Exactly. exactly. You've got a judge in front of you. You've got a crowd in front of you. Mm. You're not looking at yourself. Yeah. You've got to have that focus point. Mm. But from a coaching standpoint, like you were saying, I think it's really good because when you've got clients, I imagine you can get them to kind of feel the movement more well, rather I than actually, staring at a mirror. Yeah, I get my guys to close their eyes. Yeah. So if they're yeah, doing a leg extension, I'll get them to close their eyes and I'll be like, right, can you feel that contract? And then I'll be like, that's that muscle group. Mm-hmm. And uh, yesterday on the leg extension, one of uh, my guys um, had an issue with contracting their quad. And so I got them to close their eyes on the leg extension. And I deliberately, I'm forcing them to think about that one muscle group. Just, yeah. Yeah, because that's a, such an underrated thing. Like the mind-to-muscle connection is huge, but it can only be developed with repetition. Um, and having exactly. the right guidance exactly and uh, the other thing with squatting in front of a mirror I found because I've only ever done it once and that was at a commercial gym and uh, even at lightweight when you see like the veins pop up and then you get like that and then you see your face go like, red why am I red like, this you're about to explode yeah. Ed's the worst for this <laughs> Ed is the worst <laughs> he looks like he's about to explode any minute oh, and that's after his first God. rep he's still got another four I've only got 60 right. on the bar <laughs> But no, no, boys, thank you so much for coming down today. It was a really enjoyable conversation. Yeah, mate, definitely. Um, no, thank you for no, having thank us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, and really thank like, you for really the invite, that, man. Yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll be seeing you guys down on the 28th. Yes, sure. we'll be yeah. on the 28th. So. And that records will be broken. And what, I'm not talking about for? Sheffield what, either. What are you going for? Ed, is it time to tell him? I don't know. Am I rapping you on that day, by the way? Let's just hope that the uh, Titan order comes in before the 28th. Sorry, PJ. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going for? No, going for? no, no, no. I want we'll, to we'll save it for the day. Right. We'll save it for the day. But you're, there's... you're competing. I'm competing in May, so yeah. I shouldn't max out. But you probably go a bit heavy, you know, RP9s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we'll see. We'll You'll have a laugh when you're... I'll talk to my coach, but yeah, I probably won't max out. Yeah. Depending but on I will feeling, be maxing I might out. have a double with a deadlift, maybe. I haven't deadlifted in ages, though, Yeah. So. If me and you are going head-to-head on the deadlifts, 240, 250. All right, let's do it. Speed reps. Speed reps. Beltless. I was going to go one-legged. Leave that to me. Wait, I I never use a belt. Genuinely, I I never use a belt. Where's my belt as well? Oh, it's on the windowsill. Great. We saved it for... There you go. Perfect. I was going to nick it because it actually fitted me, but... uh, Yeah, you could have had it. I wouldn't have minded. It looked better on you anyway. (laughs) Oh, thanks, babes. But yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, thank you, mate. Thanks, Ash. Appreciate you having us. uh, We're going to go train. Let's do it. All right. All right. Let's get this bread. Chisel. That's awesome. Woo! That's awesome. Woo! That's awesome. Woo!